Um, it's exciting to me not only to watch um, Stephen and Taylor and Amelia up there, but to think that along with that we've got Apollo and we've got Amani and we've got Marissa and we've got all of these other young people in our church that have a desire to not just come to church, but to be the church, to share the love of Christ, to, to put out their, on their own their willingness to tell you and, and to lead you and to share with you that Jesus is worthy of the worship that we give him. And I, I appreciate that. And I also want to, you know, y'all don't know this guy, but there's a guy named Terry who has for the last uh, year or so, a little over a year, been working with our teenagers, helping them to learn how to play some instruments and but not just to play the instruments, but to, to lead in worship, to pour into us um, a heart that's on fire for Christ. And so that's a great thing. It's a positive thing for us as a church, and um, we're blessed to have it. It brings us to a point of clarity in our, in our purpose because, you know, we have, um, I describe it to people when they ask me about Daybreak, we have a multi-generational church. And you saw that this morning. You, you saw we have our choir. Many of our choir members are people that have Tuesday mornings free because that's when y'all practice. And so you have this generation that's leading us in worship. Then this morning we had a younger generation up here that was leading us in worship. And then the, you have a middle generation that's here to lead you in worship. And I don't like the fact that I'm now in the middle generation. <laughs> I remember a time when I wasn't so old yet. And I'm not old. But I remember a time when I was the young guy at the meetings. I remember when I would go to Southern Baptist Convention meetings and I would look around and I would think, man, if I just stick around here a little while, I can have any job I want. <laughs> now I look around and they're looking at me that way. It's like a bunch of vultures, man. They're like circling. It's amazing how time keeps moving on, isn't it? Um, you know, my dad says sometimes, if I'd known I was going to live this long, I'd have taken better care of myself when I was younger. The old saying, time and tide wait for no man, right? It just continues. It marches on and on and on and on and on. It never seems to fail. We wake up every morning and that clock is still moving around. The sun is still rising, and whether you're in Israel, Brother Jim, Miss Carrie, Miss Susie, or whether you're here, the time is still passing. You may not know what time it is right now. They just got back from Israel, and I'm sure they're all dealing with a little bit of the jet lag stuff. You're not? Shoo, I did for days. Time just continues going. Danny, you, don't, you won't believe this when I tell you this, but before you know it, you're going to look around and you're going to be as old as I am. Can you believe that's even possible? She has a tear. She did the tear thing down her cheek. I love you. And I know some of you are thinking, one of these days you're going to be as old as me. Right? I know what you're thinking. I know Brother Les is thinking that. None of us ever really thought we would get to the age we're at right now, and this is what it would be like, right? Time just keeps moving on. And so this morning, as we think about being clear in who we are in Christ, as we think about this idea of, of, of being coherent and intelligible, of being transparent and pure, of being real with people, 
One of the things that we need to realize is what this time really means to us. What does time mean to us right now? What is this time about? Why do we have this time in our lives? Why are you here? Why is your heart still beating? Why are you still functioning today? You know, maybe it's because you're 13 years old and 12 years old and you think, well, I, I got a long way to be as old as Pastor Mitch. Or maybe it's because you're 80 years old and you think it's been a long time since I was the same age as Pastor Mitch. But why today does God still have you here? What is it that's your reason for existence? Why, as time continues to pass, is God allowing you to be here? What is it that He has for you? What is it that's important about this time? The time is always being talked about. There's a magazine called Time. Um, there are uh, shows that... as Sands in the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Y'all remember that? Is that even on anymore? I really am old. See, y'all didn't believe it. My mom used to watch that show on a console television. And they would, and I was the remote, yeah. And they would tell us, don't sit too close to the television, because if you sit too close to the television, it's going to what? Mess up your eyes. Then they give us these. <laughs> well, what happened there? Did we lose something in translation? Sorry to take that out, Taylor. I can't put it back. <laughs> I have to hand off technology today to my son. So what happens with time. I didn't even plan that. That worked perfectly. And so if we're going to be clear with the world around us about why Daybreak Baptist Church matters, why the fact that we gather in this place matters, why they should be considering gathering with us to share in these moments. We need to be real about knowing what this time is about. And I don't just mean 1045 on Sunday mornings. I mean this time in our lives. What do you want from me right now, God? What is this time for? If you've got your Bibles, turn to the book of Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. I want to remind the Young people that be working on filling out your, your bulletin inserts and turning those in. Um, last week, um, Angelina won, and so I'm sure she's enjoyed it and spent that. An hour later, she was already eating. And so um, make sure you're filling those out and, and turning those in. So Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and verse 15. When you get there, would you stand with me in honor of his word? Now, after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, and thank you for these verses. Just two short verses. But within them, Lord, is a challenge to our hearts. Help us to know the time. To know what you've asked of us in this moment. And to be faithful. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. One of the things about our time that we live in today is that time is very... Um, uh, 
Everything is, well, it's fleeting, yeah. It's like my memory. Time is very uh, broken up into very small chunks. It's very segmented. That's the word I was looking for, Brother Ron. One of the things I noticed last week after I was celebrating LSU winning the national championship, you know it had to come out, right? You know, I couldn't ignore that. As I was reading about the game, one of the things that got me frustrated in reading about what happened after I'd watched what had happened, after I'd read about what was going to happen, after I predicted what I thought would happen, was how short all of the articles were. And they would have little video things on ESPN's website where you could watch about this little thing. It was a minute and a half long. And I wanted more. It's been 12 years since we won it all. I wanted more. A minute and a half wasn't enough. And then I'd read the articles, and the articles were short. And then I would, I would watch something on the television, and they would talk about it further, and then they would move on to something else. And I wanted to focus on that, but you know what? Life didn't let me focus on that because it was segmented. Everything's in little chunks, little bites. We live our lives today in 120 words or less. That's the reality of the world, the Twitterverse that we live in, they call it. I have the Twitter account. I haven't tweeted in I don't know how long. Is that how you say it, Corey? See, I got I to ask our younger staff member. When your younger staff member is in his mid-30s, you really feel old. Because time is going, brother. It's all about time. And it is about time for us. I want you to look at verse 14, what happened here. It says, now, after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God. Galilee's an amazing place. Nothing like what you would imagine if you were trying to picture it yourself. Unless you've been there, you, wouldn't, you, you probably would never think of Galilee like it really is. And there, a very busy area of, G, uh, of, of that area uh, of, of Israel, all of these cities that are around the Sea of Galilee and up and down the, the, the Jordan River there, all these people have gathered. And John has been out there in the Jordan baptizing people. And he's been telling people, repent. Because what? The kingdom of heaven is where? It's at hand. In other words, it's almost here. It's right on the edge. It's on the cusp. Any moment now, it's coming. And he's been telling them, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. The kingdom of, of heaven is almost here. And now they've captured John the Baptist, and he's not telling them much anymore. And Jesus says the time is fulfilled. It's about time. When you read Mark's gospel in particular, one of the things that's interesting is you read through the gospels, every gospel has kind of its own little idea of, of how it's structured or, or what it reads like. Mark's gospel reads like it was written in today's time. It's a Twitter gospel. Everything in Mark is, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and this happened, and it came to pass, and after John had taken into custody, Jesus did this. 
It's like, this is next, this is next, this is next. Like John is pushing and running to his ultimate end of the story, which is the cross of Jesus and the resurrection. There's this rush to the cross in the Gospel of Mark. You, you see it pouring out of it. So John's preaching, and he's baptizing. People are coming. You read in the other accounts, you see even people from Jerusalem are coming, and they're, they're coming to be baptized. And, and John's saying, wait a minute, who, who are you? Really, you come out here to be baptized, you generation of vipers? Y'all, guys, do you not know your sin? He pushes them back. He pushes against them. He's preaching. He's baptizing. Then along comes Jesus. And Jesus says, I need you to baptize me. And John says, wait a minute, you don't understand. I'm not worthy of this. Jesus says, no, it's necessary. And Jesus is baptized. And then, and then the next thing you see in Mark, Jesus is tempted. He, he's taken off and he's tempted. And, the, and then immediately after the temptation in Mark, the next thing you see is the time is fulfilled. This is the time. Everything in history to this point was to arrive at this moment. From the creation of the world, when God spoke into existence all that is, when he formed the mountains and the sea, when he set the boundaries of the oceans. He planted on this great big ball or sphere, if you will, that we live on that we call earth, that's hanging in the heavens, suspended between other planets and stars. On this giant 24,000 mile round object, he planted a little country And in that little country, he planted a little river. And in that river, he planted a little spot where Jesus would be baptized and then he would go off into the wilderness. All of the things that's happened to this point. He's chosen Abraham. (coughs) He sustained Israel. He's given them their laws that we read about this morning. He's allowed them to have kings. Both kings of their own choosing and kings that He had chosen. He's allowed them to have prophets that would point Him to the coming Messiah, point them to the coming Messiah. He's allowed them to have other nations that would come against them that would, that would destroy them and tear down their city walls and take them away into captivity. He's allowed them to come out of captivity and to rebuild their, their religious structure and, and to re- begin once again worshiping as God had instructed them to do. He's allowed all of these things to happen for this time. And have you ever stopped to think that everything that God has allowed in our lives may be for this time? But the time was fulfilled. That maybe the things that you've encountered were so that in this moment, God could use you in the life of someone else. That maybe all of the negative things that you've been through, all of those times where you did like the the nation of Israel did in the book of Judges, where everyone did what was right in their own eyes, all those times that you failed because you decided to do it your way, and God was merciful, and God rescued you. And in every one of those times, you learned something, and God pointed Himself back to you. Uh, you back to himself. And in each one of those times, God brought you to this place where right here and right now, God is working and he is ready for you. The first thing that Mark records here of Jesus' gospel that he's preaching is this. The time is fulfilled. This is it. 
This is the time that everything was waiting on. Now we're here. Nations have come and gone. Thousands of years have passed. Prophets have have proclaimed. People have complained. And now the time is fulfilled. Jesus has come. And guys, I want you to understand something. As we move out into 2020 and we're trying to reach the people around us as a church, as we're trying to reach our family members, as we're trying to share the love of Christ with everyone that we can, we need to understand that this time, right now, this time is the time that God has for you to do something. Sure, it would have been great to do something that you've done in the past. And if you did, that's fantastic. But God says now, the time is fulfilled. It's about time for us to do what He wants us to do. What is it that He's asking of us? Y'all probably trying to figure out this blank, and I skipped it in my timing. John preached and baptized. Jesus is baptized. Jesus is tempted. And the time is fulfilled. We're here. Now is this time. Now, I know that sounds kind of weird. Now is the time. What do you mean by that? Here's what I mean by that. All those things that you thought I would do for God if I had the time, the time is fulfilled. All those things that you thought I would give up and and I would put away from my life that aren't supposed to be there, at some point I'm going to get, now is the time, the time is fulfilled. All those things that, that you longed for, all those opportunities that you were begging God that you thought it would be so fantastic if I could just talk to so-and-so about Jesus, if I could just share the love of Christ with this person that I care about, if I could just go to this one person. This time, now is the time is fulfilled. This is the time to act. Jesus didn't come to say, well, I'm going to come and talk to you about a time that's to come. No, the time is fulfilled. Now is the time to act. And we can trust God's timing. You know, I wish that I had done some things differently in my past. I wish that I had chosen some different paths along the way. I can't undo those things. But the time is fulfilled. The timing is now for me to do something different moving forward. And I can trust God's timing. Anything that I've encountered to this point was to prepare me for what He wants to do with me after this point. I can walk with Him. Everything that the nation of Israel would have ever needed has been fulfilled in this moment in Christ. Restoration, hope, identity, a, a forgiveness for their past, a purpose for their future. Everything that Israel desired, everything that Israel needed, would have been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. They just needed to look to Him. And we do as well. The time is fulfilled. But not only that, secondly, the door is open. Look at what he says in verse 15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. We're here. It's almost like he's walked in the room and said, ta-da! Guys, I want you to know something. I'm here. You don't have to wait any longer. You don't have to look to the future and hope that someday God will send a Redeemer. You don't have to pray that the Messiah will come. Jesus had arrived. The kingdom of heaven is literally right here. What are you going to do with it? 
What are you going to do with it? The door is open is what he's saying. God, you don't have to wait and wonder what it's going to look like. It is in front of you. It's right here laid out for you to see. From this side of the cross, it's really free, easy for us to imagine this. It's really easy for us to look back at the fact that this is Jesus and everything makes sense now, right? I mean, we have all of the benefit of the, the written Word of God. We can go back and we can read the Old Testament, and all of us in this room pretty much can read it. Now, even the young kids, if we put it in a, in a uh, simple enough um, translation, can read it. But for them, that wasn't necessarily the case. Many of them didn't even have access to the Word of God physically. They were relying upon what other people had told them. You and I have everything we need in this moment to understand all of that. They didn't have that yet. It reminds me of when I was in Oklahoma Baptist University in 1991. Miss Jerry. Long time ago. Some of you kids, you weren't even born, Taylor. Long time ago. Hannah was barely born. Were you born in 91? No, you were born in 92. Gosh, I'm old. Anyway, sitting in a computer class, Corey's back there showing me how old he was. Sitting in a computer class in Oklahoma Baptist University, a computer class taught by a computer scientist. Brother Marvin, you'll love this. He said, and I quote, the home-based computer will never exceed 25 megahertz of speed because the heat problem will keep us from ever being able to be faster than that. Now, who's got a watch? Any of you that have a digital watch have faster than 25 megahertz of speed on your wrist. It's amazing how life has changed. It's amazing how someone who was in the profession could not see it in 1991. And sometimes it's hard for us to see what God's doing in the moment. Because we're so narrowly focused on what's right in front of us that we don't see the forest for the trees. The door is open. Right now, God is still accepting people into his kingdom. The, the invitation is still there. The, the opportunity is still there. Sure, there are people that have passed, but there are people that are alive today that still need to know. And sometimes when we're so close to something historic, we don't realize how amazing it was. But for those contemporaries of Jesus, this was revolutionary. This was amazing to them. They would have never imagined that they were literally standing in the very presence of Almighty God. And I sometimes don't understand how the church can gather together in a place like this with the Holy Spirit living within us and not just flat out be in awe of the fact that we are gathered together as one body of believers in the presence of the Almighty God. And these people in Jesus' time, they didn't understand, they, didn't, they couldn't fulfill in their, or couldn't <clears throat> discern in their minds what it meant that the time was fulfilled, that the kingdom of heaven was at hand, because all they could think about was everything that was going on and how they were just going to make it through the moment. And I want to tell you something, that is not any different today. There are still people trying to figure out just how to make it through the moment, and they need to know that the door is open, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That there is hope in Christ. 
that there is life in Christ, that there is joy in Christ. And we need to tell him that with all that we are, including our voices, but not just our voices. And so maybe sometimes we need to stop walking around looking like we've been drinking sour pickle juice. Maybe we need to allow the joy of the Lord to flow in our lives. Maybe we need to realize just how blessed we are that when we hurt, we still have breath in our lungs to tell others how Jesus loves them. That when we don't have any money, we all have access to someone who loves us enough to walk with us. And if that's in your case and you're hungry, we'll feed you. We did that yesterday. Twenty-something people came and received tons of food. And each one of you today, if you're thirsty, you can leave with a bunch of milk. White milk and chocolate milk, kids. We have free chocolate milk. That's a hallelujah moment. You realize how blessed we are to be here. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. We literally are part of the body of Christ working together. And we get so caught up in all the little details and, and we've got to make sure that this thing right here is just perfectly straight and we've got to make sure that we have the drums aligned just right and, and that every stroke on the guitar is right and that every note that we sing is right and that the air conditioners all work and that the lights come on and that the, air condition, or the grass is cut and that the doors are unlocked and, and all these things that we think we have to do to, to have church when in reality if we would just gather our hearts together and realize the kingdom of heaven is at hand we ought to be on fire and celebrating because Jesus has come when our choir gets up here and they sing we ought to be celebrating Jesus 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 this is revolutionary guys this is life-changing. The world out there has no idea why you're in here, but if they could just get a glimpse of what we would really be if we would get as excited about Him as He is about us. How excited? Enough that He left the glories of heaven for us. The old kingdoms of Israel and Judah have faded. Everything's gone. While those kingdoms existed, they were closed kingdoms that excluded people. They were centered on a people instead of God. But the present reality of the kingdom of God is a present tense reality. The kingdom of heaven isn't coming. The kingdom of heaven didn't come. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is right here, right now, still available for the world to see. The door is open. And I want to I ask you, if we could just line up up here at the front of the table, the, the stage, a, a huge banquet table with nothing but prime rib and, and shrimp and, and, and banana pudding and, and none of us would make, none of it would make anybody fat. And as fast as we could put it out, there was more to put out. And we could tell the world around this, if you come, we've got free food like you can't imagine. A banquet table laid out like you've never seen before. There's something here to enjoy that you have never been able to compare to. And it's here and it's waiting for you. And we want you to come and it's free. Do you think you could talk anybody into that? Oh, guys, understand. And we may not have prime rib and boiled shrimp and banana pudding. 
But what we have is what they really need. And if you understand the time, you'll know this. You will never have another one of this moment. This is the only one of this one. And so we have to use this one for the glory of God. In a present tense reality, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and we must be clear when we tell people, now this is the time. It didn't end at the cross. And we should live with a continual awareness of the kingdom, of activi- kingdom activity around us. What God did through Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary did not end 2,000 years ago. It is happening in my life today and in your life if you will give your life to Jesus Christ. If you will yield to Him that present tense reality of everything that Jesus accomplished on the cross will apply to your life and it will impact you today. It is time. It's time to tell people that message. What are we going to wait on till we have something else in place? No, it's time. The door is open. We need to compel them to come. As Jesus said, go out into the highways and the byways. Let's bring them in. What are we waiting on? Let's bring them in. That doesn't mean tell somebody, oh, by the way, I go to daybreak. If you like to come on Sunday. No. Hi, Paul. Hey, I, uh, I'm great. I'm Pastor Mitch at Daybreak Baptist Church. You know what? Well, we have something amazing happening. We uh, gather together with a bunch of people. And we just love each other. We love God. And I think you would just be blown away by how the people really care about one another. Would it be okay if next Sunday I come by and pick you up and bring you? So sure. you can experience what I'm experiencing? Sure. Can you do that? Instead of doing that, what we often do is say, If you don't have a home church and you're looking for somewhere to go, if you don't have anything better to do this coming Sunday, if the Saints lost and they're not in the playoffs, (laughs) right? We live our lives as though we're telling them, if you don't have something that would be better, then you could come. No, there is nothing better. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. God Almighty wants to meet with them. And he wants to meet with us. The Holy One, the one who gave himself for us, he is available right now. And it's not a buy one, get one free. There's not even free shipping. You can pick it up. Right here, right now. Bring them in. Go do whatever it takes. Bring them in. Luke chapter 14, he said to them, A man was giving a big dinner, and he invited many. And at the dinner hour, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. But they all began to make excuses. I've never met one of those before. (laughs) The first one said to him, I bought a piece of land, and I need to go out and look at it. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I bought five yoke of oxen. And I'm going to go try them out. Please consider me excused. And another one says, I've married a wife, and for that reason I cannot come. And the slave came back and reported to his master. Then the head of the household became angry and said to his slave, Go out at once into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the slave said, Master, what you have commanded has been done, and there is still room. He said, 
The master said to the slave, Go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of these men who were invited shall taste of my dinner. Say, guys, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The food's getting cold. Go get somebody and tell them to come and enjoy the goodness of the Lord. Don't send out a, a broadcast of... Listen, Facebook's great. We need to be telling people about Jesus on Facebook, okay? We need to be inviting them. But if that's the only strategy we're going to have as a church to see people come to Christ, we're not going to see anybody come to Christ. We do that because it's something that we ought to be doing. We ought to have a church website. A lot of churches spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to build a website, an app, and they have all this technology to share all this. You know what? If that's your strategy for reaching the lost, you're not going to reach very many lost. Because you know how you get people to come to know Jesus? You go and you love on them and you tell them, come, come, come. There is to be found here the kingdom of heaven. Literally, the most valuable thing that could ever be offered, we have at our disposal to give away for free and it doesn't cost us any of it ourselves. And the door is open. Go bring them in. Go bring them in. Bring them in. Somebody's got to bring them in. And if they give you an excuse, go find somebody else and bring them in. If they tell you, I can't because I've got to clean the house. Go find somebody else and bring them in. If they tell you, I can't because I've got a new car and I've got to wash it, go find someone else and bring them in. If they tell you, my wife's got something scheduled for me, go find something else and bring them in. Bring them in. The Bible never once says to the world out there, you come. No, it says, us go. Bring them in. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And literally, literally, we have the ability to give that away. To share them with them the hope. Jesus said the time is fulfilled. The kingdom is, of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus is the entrance into the kingdom. If you want in, you come in through him in no other way. We have to tell them that. The world's telling them something different. We have to tell them the truth. We can't just tell them, come to church and, and you'll be okay. Come to church and, and we'll make you fit in. Come to church and we'll help you clean up your life. Come to church and we'll help you learn how to dress right or, or help you find a job or help you get a stable housing. That's all great and fantastic. But if we feed people and we clothe people and, and we give them something to, to wear and, and we give them a job and we make their journey to hell more comfortable, they're still going to hell if we don't tell them about Jesus. Jesus said in John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The gospel that he preached was not a gospel of come and become like everyone else. It was a gospel that says come and become like me. Repent. Turn from the ways that you've gone. Turn from the wickedness of your life. Turn from doing things your own way. Stop believing that you're the end all and be all of the universe. Stop believing that everything revolves around you and turn your heart to me. And when you repent and when you believe, then I will come into you and I will save your heart and your life. Jesus said in John chapter 10, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. And if anyone enters through me, he will be saved. And he will go in and out and find pasture.
That's the message that we have. And this is the time to share it. God's given us this chance. And he believes in you. He believes that if you'll be faithful, he'll do the rest. He's not asking you to convince someone that they need him. He's asking you to tell them of his love. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He'll take care of that part. But you've got to open your mouth and tell them. You've got to be clear that this is the time. Don't wait until you get everything together to come to Christ. Now's the time. Don't wait until it's convenient. Now is the time. Don't wait until you've got a better job or you've got a better home. Or you, now is the time. Now is the time. The door is through Jesus. And the transit of that door is through repentance and faith. And if you have never received Jesus Christ, here's what you have to do to enter into the door, to enter into the kingdom of God, to receive the benefits of everything I've talked about, to understand the fulfillment and the forgiveness and the joy that comes with a relationship with Christ. Here's what you have to do. You have to be willing to turn your back on doing it yourself and to say, no more am I going to do it Mitch's way, but from now on I'm going to follow Christ's way. No longer am I going to seek out what makes me feel good or what makes me feel comfortable. I'm going to seek out what God desires, and I'm going to follow that with all my heart. And I'm going to put my faith in Him, and I'm going to believe that whatever comes my way, I can trust Him, and that He'll be enough. This is the time for us to share that message. This is the time for us to carry that message. This is the time for us to be the church that God's called us to be. 2020 is a year like none other. Why? Because it's this year. And this is the year that we can do something for the kingdom of God that we haven't done yet. We can go into the highways and byways. We can go to pumpkin centers and shafters and Arvins and Lamonts. We can go to downtown Bakersfield and Marketplace. We can go to Rosedale and we can go to the city in the canyon. We can go to the ends of the earth with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the time. Today is the day. That God's given us. And I will rejoice and be glad in it. How about you? Are you excited that this is the time God's given you for this? That right now God believes that and knows that if you will just be faithful, His will will be accomplished in your life. And if that's your heart, if you want to see Him do what only He can do, I'm going to challenge you. You take the first step. And let him do the rest.